Let's um, turn in our Bibles to the book of Luke. Luke chapter 2, we read from verses 10 and 11. Luke 2, 10 and 11. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause you great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. Let's pray. Father, this is the truth of your word. We ask you that you would bring clarity to our minds now through your spirit so we will understand the message that you have for us. We want to hear your voice. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So today is Christmas Day. And I want to invite you this morning to reflect on what is Christmas and what is the message of Christmas, why it is important for us. We'll look together through the passage of Luke chapter 2, verses 10 and 11, to find the answers for those two questions. What is Christmas and why it's important for us. So first, what is Christmas? Well, for me as a 10-year-old boy, Christmas was all about getting gifts. I remember when I was 10 years old, asking Santa Claus for a Christmas present, a PlayStation 1 console. Now, for those of you who don't know, a PlayStation 1 was a gray squared home video game that used to come with two controllers and a memory card that was my favorite video game ever. I remember waking up on Christmas morning and seeing a rectangular box by my bed wrapped up in Christmas paper, and I suddenly thought, yes, Santa Claus brought me my video game that I asked for. But when I unwrapped it, I, I saw a shoes box. And I was like, what? I didn't ask for a pair of shoes. I started crying and asking my parents what happened. I was mad with Santa. But my dad was like, just open the box. I went back to my room, opened the box, and there it was, my beautiful PlayStation 1. And uh, it turned out, turns out that my parents, they were just pranking me to see my reaction. <laughs> well, why am I telling you this? Because for many people, just as it was for me, Christmas, it's all about Santa Claus and getting gifts and giving gifts. I'm wrapping them on Christmas morning, as I'm sure some of you did this morning. For others, it's just a fun season, a magical moment, you know, when, when you put those lights out in the edges of the houses and we decorate the trees with ornaments. And many will agree that Christmas, it's a day for family, for hope, for peace. We can't deny that there's something special about this time of the year. But really, what does the Bible tells us about the story of Christmas. And as we look here in our passage, verse 10 says, But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news. It's interesting uh, to see here that Luke starts verse 10 with a conjunction, but he does that because verse 10 is an extension of a story that he was already describing. 
the story of the birth of Jesus. You know, Mary giving birth to a son and placing him in a manger. And Luke start, begins verse 10 by saying, But the angel said to them, Who is them? Well, if you look back a little bit in verses 8 and 9 that we read, please read with me verse 8. It says, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. So them here is referring to the shepherds who were out in the field taking care of the flock, it's amazing to me that the angel appears to shepherds, to shepherds. And the reason I find this interesting is because shepherds were considered by the religious people to be the outsiders. They couldn't keep up with the religious practice of the law because they simply, they simply didn't have time to do it. They were too busy. You know, shepherds were always busy here and there. You know, you got a, a dead sheep here. They would come and pick it up and move it somewhere else. They would do things that their role required them to do, getting dirty. Out in the farm fields, they had a dirty life. So here, this normal, simple man, that is who God chose to make the first announcement to. And it's fascinating, too, that Jesus would say about himself, I am the good shepherd. I take care of my sheep, and I die for my sheep. He would use this figure to, uh, of a shepherd to indicate who he was. It's amazing, isn't it? God chose us to announce the coming of the Messiah to shepherds. Not to the religious leaders, not to the teachers of the law, but to shepherds to simple people just like me and you. And as we look again in verse 10, it says, But the angel said to them, to the shepherds, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause you great joy for all people. So the first thing that we learn here from this passage is that the news is good. The angel said, I bring you good news. This is a good, a great annunciation. Because the long-awaited announcement that the Jews were attentively expecting for so long on the one who was to come and save them and restore their peace and reign on David's throne and rule with Joseph for our eternity, that time had come. The fulfillment of the law. You know, the angel could have used philosophical arguments or coded the prophecies or the law he could have even said anything to describe the news and this news and impress them. But he said, guys, you know what it is? It's good. It's good news. Very simple, straight to the point. A Savior has been born, and that is good. I think that sometimes we tend to complicate the gospel too much. We make it more complex than it is, you know, with all the theological arguments and doctrines and academic discussions. Not that... Doctrines and academic discussions, all these are not important. But here in this passage, we see the centrality of the gospel, the heart of the gospel being revealed in a simple way to simple people. The Savior has been born, and this is good news. I believe that, you know, if this message, 
the, the message that God is trying to convey here for me and you is be happy because Jesus Christ, the Savior, has been born. And through him, you have salvation. On one hand, if we had all the reasons to be in despair with a life full of sorrow, a miserable life, hopeless life, in our sinful condition, I mean, these are all pretty bad news. But in despite of that, Christ has come. The word became flesh. The promise has been fulfilled. And this is good. This is wonderful news. And what should this great message cause in us, in me and you? Well, I think we can find the answer for that here in our passage. Look again with me at verse 10. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause you great joy. The second thing that we learn from this passage is that the news brings, brings us great joy. You know, the good news of the gospel has to fill our heart with joy. This is the natural response that the gospel causes in us. We see that at the end of verse 9, that the shepherds were terrified. I mean, that was their first reaction. I understand that. Of course they were. Imagine with me. They are at work, taking care of their business, just one more regular day, taking care of the ship, doing their thing, and all of a sudden, a bright light shines around them. The very presence of God comes to their encounter. A glimpse of the glory of God is seen. And remember, these are simple shepherds. They got scared. But the angel says, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy. For your Savior has been born. This child will deliver you from death and from sin and from suffering. So rejoice, O Israel, because you were walking in darkness, but now you have seen a great light. You were living in a deep darkness, but today a light has dawned. And this is the reason for you to be filled with joy. The angel says in verse 10, the Christ has been born. Okay, so this is the story. This is the story of the birth of Jesus. But what does it mean for us today? Well, I think it means that we must turn our eyes upon Jesus because he is the source of our joy. Unwrapping gifts, family reunion, going out to see the lights. I mean, these are all great things. And they're fun too. I've done this with my family. But this can't be the real source of our joy. You know why? Because the earthly things will pass away. And it's exactly for this very reason many people don't find Christmas a joyful time. You know, it's winter time to begin with. It's dark. It's cold. This might be even a depressing season for some people. Some are lonely. Some have memories of loved ones. Some don't even have family to spend Christmas with. But today, I want you to know that Christmas is not about what you think it is, but it's about what Scripture tells us it is. And it tells us what it should cause in us. I bring you good news that will cause you great joy. The coming of Christ brought joy, salvation, and hope for you. But there's also a third thing here that we can learn from this passage. And that is, for whom this promise is. Look, at, look back at our passage, verse 10. 
But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause you great joy for all people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. So the news is for all people. Here, although the news was being revealed to shepherds, it was not only for them, but for all people. You know, I think if God had revealed this initially to the proud Pharisees, to the teachers of the law, I think instead of listening and believing and praising God as a result, which was exactly what the shepherds did, they would have been questioning the message. Why are these angels saying it's for all and not only for us, the Jews? We are the chosen people by God, not them. We that have been keeping the law. But remember the prophecies of the Old Testament. The Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Isaiah 53 verse 6. Remember God's promise to Abraham in Genesis 12. God said, I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. Through you all peoples on earth will be blessed. The pattern throughout the entire story of the Old Testament it's about, a, it's about God promising a king, a savior that will come to save all who believed in him. Someone who would come and save both Jews and Gentiles once and forever. But their religious leaders, they had a, a hard time to understand this message. This message of God. It looks to me that Luke here is laying a foundation for what's going to come up later in Acts 10 and 15 with the Peter's vision, concluding that Jesus was the Savior for both Jews and Gentiles. That's why Luke writes in verse 10, the good news is for all people. The Savior, the Lord, the Messiah has been born for all, for you. Luke wanted to make clear that God fulfilled his ancient promises by sending Jesus to bring salvation for all people. The long-expected Christ was born for all. So this message this morning is for you also. Fear not. Don't be afraid of this message, because you are part of what's happening. Today, a Savior is born to you. And he was not only born, but he was crushed he died for you. He loved you more than you could ever imagine. He gave up his life by dying on the cross so that you could be forgiven from your sins if you believe in him with all your heart. My brothers and sisters, um, you might be familiar with this Christmas story. In fact, this might be the most well-known narrative of the whole scripture. Just because even people who don't read the Bible regularly, they would pop into church on a Christmas day and they hear this story or Christmas Eve and hear this story and perhaps that's your case. You already know this story. You've had it, already heard this one million times. But you wonder, why is this important for me? What does it mean for me personally? I don't know where you are today in your, today in your spiritual journey. Perhaps you are already a follower of Jesus. You're saved, but you have been walking away from the Lord. Maybe struggling with a particular sin 
but hasn't been able to repent with all your heart? Maybe, as I said, you are familiar with this message. You come to church every single Christmas. You are even bored with this story. You don't care. You don't actually want any type of relationship with Jesus. Or perhaps you've, you've never heard this message this way before or never surrendered your life to Jesus. But you're feeling in your heart that today is the day. Today is the day that you want to say, I want to be born again. I want to f- ask for forgiveness. I want a new beginning. I want to be saved from my sin. I want to tell you that this message is for you. The message of Christmas is a message of joy, but it's also a message of hope. Hope of salvation in Jesus. The heart of this Christmas message is not about presents. It's not about Santa Claus. It's not about lights or whatever you might think it is. It's a message of a Savior. A Savior that became flesh to save us from our life of sin and death. Let me tell you a secret. We cannot save ourselves. We need someone to save us. And the only thing you need to do, and the most powerful thing that you can do, is to accept Jesus in your, in your life as your Savior. And He'll come and make His home in you and transform your life forever. I want to conclude with a poem written by one of our fellow missionaries, um, missionary friends, Beth Larson. Beth and her husband, David, has, they have been serving international students for the past 30 years in Ithaca, New York. And last year, on December 30th, right after Christmas time, their 30 years old daughter, Hannah, was tragically struck by a car and killed on her morning room. Hannah had a deep love for God and people. She and her husband were planning to return to Asia to do missions work together. Beth, her mother, wrote a poem called Heavenly Christmas that I received this year in her memory. And I want to read it for you now. Heavenly Christmas. Christmas is coming for those far and near. It's Hannah's first Christmas in heaven this year. Grandma Larson is there with her, singing with with glee. They had much in common and both sang on key. I remember the Christmases they were on earth and sang with us carols to herald Christ's birth, a family together all filled with God's love as we sang of his coming to earth from above. His birth set in motion the plan God conceived. The Son would buy freedom for all who believed. He would teach and he will heal and he will wingly die. And his blood bled, Father, forgive them, he would cry. Both Hannah and Mom received Jesus by faith and lived here on earth to show others the way. This wasn't their home, just a stop on the way. A life of pure splendor ahead of them lay. Christmas down here will feel different this year. We all wish that Hannah and Mom could be here. But one day, I will join with them in a joyful song. I pray that you too, friend, will be their throne. Beth Larson. Let's pray.
And Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Father, thank you for your word revealed to us through Jesus Christ, your son. Thank you for proving your love for us by sending your son Jesus at just the right time, born of, of a woman in a manger, born under the law to die for us while we were sinners. Thank you for rescuing us from the curse of the law and becoming a curse by dying on the cross. Through your blood, we are redeemed, we are forgiven, we are saved because of your grace and love for us. So Lord, today we pray that we will understand that the heart of Christmas message is not about us, about our feelings, about our desires, but it's about you and you alone. Come and make home in our hearts so that we may experience the love of Christ to us. For today in the time of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. We pray all this in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. I invite you to stand.